You know, there are a lot of things from the wonderful and wacky world of sports that have confused me, have intimidated me, have infuriated me over the 55 years of my life. And I realistically, I remember going to my father's football practices when he was the head football coach at a small school in Wisconsin by the name of Boscobel, Wisconsin. We won the Class C uh, football championship in 1968. I was four years old, and there's a picture of me getting carried off the field with the team uh, that won that championship in 1968. So I've been around sports for over 50 years of my life. And something happened this week that I, A, have never seen before, and B, I'd hoped to never see before, and C, I hope to never see again. As you know, as I welcome you into this 380th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you, as you know, I am a pretty big college football fan, but I have never been a fan of the Ohio State University Buckeyes. I think they're a bunch of blowhards. I think they're a bunch of a-holes. They've won eight national championships. Congratulations to them. That is seven behind the University of Alabama. And we will get to a list of the top college football programs, the top 50 college football programs over the last 150 years. Now, we're not going through all 50 of them, folks. We'll go quickly through the top 10 and... I just prefaced this with Chris before we went to air this afternoon. I've told Chris uh, all of the numbers except numbers 7 and 10. Numbers 7 and 10 will surprise the shit out of you. Surprise the shit out of me. But the Ohio State University did something this week that just really took it one notch higher in the land of stupidity. I don't know how the hell they're going to do this. I'm surprised uh, Athletic Director Gene Smith allowed this to happen. I'm surprised the Chancellor, whoever that is these days at Ohio State University. I'm even surprised that maybe the ethics teacher that's teaching us a course at Ohio State last semester, the spring semester, one Urban Meyer. I wonder if that Yahoo had anything to do with this. But earlier this week, Ohio State University filed a petition to trademark the word the. So you could introduce their university officially, and the only then, if you get it trademarked, the only people that could use the, if I'm correct in saying this, they are the only people that could say then the Ohio State University. Happy for just the pronunciation of the. Well, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. But all I know, I did read this week that Ohio State University filed a trademark In Washington, D.C., so they could use the or the or whatever, but they were were looking to trademark the word the. Yeah, the the, the pronounced the. Yeah, Yeah. that's it, right. T-H-E. Yeah, T-H-E. Yeah, 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 it has to be that. So Not T-H-C for you potheads (laughs) out there. They'll never be able to just, you know. uh, Well, maybe, but, but they, I would think, wouldn't you? that they would have some inclination that they could get something uh, they could get something trademarked 
if they went through all the trials and tribulation of filing a trademark at or in Washington, D.C., they must have some inside information that somebody is probably an Ohio State alumni <laughs> or is an, a backer of the Ohio State athletics program. But somebody in Washington, D.C. probably believes that they can get away with this. I think it's preposterous. I think it's a colossal waste of time. And if they get this, then what happens at Miami? You know, all those, you know, all those future Harvard grads that, that do their pre-graduate work at like Miami of Florida that always go the you, mm-hmm. you know, well, all of a sudden they're going to be pissed off. I just think it's preposterous. Now you're going to see guys and they do it enough when they do those introductions on Monday night football and when they do it on whatever, and they go up there and they show the lineman uh, offensive guard for the Ohio state university or the, the you, um, <laughs> I just think we are taking it so far beyond reality here. This is stupid. And I hope this gets just denied, 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 because this is a colossal waste of time. And I just don't know how they're going to get away with it. Yeah, well, they can't trademark the word the pronounced the. There's no way that would be allowed. So the pronounced the is, but I mean, why trademark it? Because everyone just says it anyway. Yeah. Although, do do people walk around the actual campus saying like, "Hey, I go to the Ohio State University"? I guess they probably do. I don't know, do, but, but I'm going to ask that question. I know. Um, you've never met my my real mother. You've met my stepmother Sharon, wonderful woman, love her to death. But my real mother is a unique individual that lives in Florida. But with her second marriage, she has a son that. Well, I guess it would be a stepson, obviously. Um, she doesn't like to say that I'm her son, but <laughs> which I am. Um, but she has a stepson that is a graduate of Ohio State. So I'm going to ask her if this individual, Brad, can't remember his last name, but Brad is a, is a graduate of the Ohio State University, and I want to ask him that question, or I'll ask my mother that question. The next time she sees, because I, I think that's preposterous. It is. But I mean, in fairness, if I think of, if someone said to me, OSU, I think of Oklahoma State. Oh, no, I think of Ohio State. If someone just said OSU. Yeah, I do. Because, really? well, right. but remember where I'm from, mm-hmm. the Midwest. You know, we'd, um, we'd certainly, when I was growing up and we only had, well, I was trying to tell my 14-year-old the other day, I remember when we only had three channels. CBS, ABC, NBC, and we thought we were big shit in about 1970 that we got WGN cable. So we got Cubs game. That's a premium Chicago channel. Right. But that was our fourth channel. Now we've got 500 channels. But I was just trying to relate to her that we only had three channels at one time. So you were pretty much, you had a Wisconsin game in the morning, and then you had the primetime Big Ten game, which was usually... Michigan playing somebody or Ohio State playing somebody as the second game. Yeah. We didn't see. And if we did get an Oklahoma game, it was always the Oklahoma Sooners. It was never Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was never the Cowboys. Right. It was always the Sooners. But mm-hmm. I just think that's preposterous. And and uh, I just had to make mention of it because, A, I'm not a big fan of the Ohio State University. And now I'm even less of a fan of the Ohio State University. As mentioned, and I'm going to ask Chris... Um, they've come out with the top 50 
college foot. And I'm doing this because college football actually starts this Thursday, I believe. There's a game this Thursday. I don't know who's playing, but it's nice that we're going to have games that count again. Looking forward to it. Unless, of course, it's, uh, you know, Boise State against Youngstown State. Who the hell cares? Well, they'd probably care in Boise. Um, But they've come out with a list of the top 50 college football programs over the last 150 years. So they've gone back 150 years. Now, I have talked about how many times on this program how smart Chris is, and he is. Um, And he's going to know the big players because I've given him 8 out of 10. I have not given him number 7 that came in on this list, and I've not given him number 10 that came in on this list. But let's start at the beginning, and I'll just... Chris, who do you think is number 1? The oh, I just want to know Alabama. Alabama. Alabama's Alabama. number one. Alabama's number one. They've got fifteen national titles. They came in and got the number one rating with a seventy or number one spot with a seventy-four point nine rating. Whatever the hell that means. Number two, probably Notre Dame. Very good. You're two for two. Notre Dame came in at seventy-two point nine rating, and they have thirteen national titles. Number three. That would be the Ohio State University. There you go, my friend. You're three for three. They have eight national titles, and they came in at a rating of 69.6%. Here's one thing that I I found funny about that, though. It'll come as news in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, that Ohio State finished first in our rating since 1969. But remember, they're going back 150 years. Number four, sir. Oh, boy. Uh, That's a tougher one. Uh, Bob Stoops. Oh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, very good. You're four for four. Oklahoma, number four. And remember, Bob Stoops is the new Dallas coach in the XFL. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma comes at number four, 68.5 rating, seven national titles. Number five. Holy moly. These are Clay Matthews, West Coast. Oh, uh, I don't remember where Clay Matthews went to school, to be honest with you. Um, OJ Simpson. Uh, Oh, well, I never hear OJ think of the Buffalo Bills. I don't remember where OJ went. They play in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Oh, the... uh, uh, Not uh, the UCLA Bruins. Yeah, no, no, no. no, I know they don't play there. Uh, The uh, USC. Very good. USC came in at number five, 67.25 rating, and they have nine national titles to their credit. So you're five for five. Number six, Khaki Boy. Oh, Michigan. Michigan's number six. <laughs> They've got nine national titles and a rating of 67.27. Uh, yeah, and zero due to Kaki Boy. Correct. We're going to skip for the moment number seven. We're going to go to number eight, uh, Scott him. Frost. Oh. Um, My favorite whipping boy in the Big Ten West. Yeah. What is that, Nebraska? Very good. You're eight, seven out of seven right now. Nebraska comes in at number eight with five national titles. Number nine. Um this one might be a little bit harder for you, but I think I'll give you a clue. Ricky Williams. Oh, shoot. Where the um, heck did he go? Vince Young. Texas. There you go. Eight out of eight. Perfect. They came in at uh, number nine with four national titles. Now, here is where if somebody would get number seven or ten, I would genuflect them and that person as the smartest sports person in all the world. But remember, we're going back 150 years with this list. So these two are going to be more backloaded, like they were bigger a long time ago? Is that Correct. That's why they're surprising? Correct. And they might not even be around anymore? They're around, but they're not at the Division One level anymore. Okay, yeah, so it had to be something like that. So who was amazing? So number before? seven 
has 18 national titles, and they play in the oldest rivalry in sports. It's an Ivy League school that's not Harvard. Yale? There you go. Yale is number seven. Really? Yes. The Yaleys come in with 18 national titles, and they come in at uh, seven on this list. But when was their last championship? I don't know. Like Long six, time 60 ago. years ago? Oh, yeah. I mean, probably the 20s. Oh, 100 years ago. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we're going back 150 yeah, years. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, okay. Number 10 is a team that uh, I don't even have. I can't even give you a clue. Um, I do know uh, the one clue that I could give you that I don't think you're going to get, but there's a great, this, this, this kid comes from this school. He's come in undrafted. He came in basically off the street to Packers training camp. It looks like he's going to make the 53 man roster as a slot back. His name is Darius Shepard. And he went to this school. They've got 15 national titles, but now this school plays at the division two level. Uh, their nicknames are the Bison. Maybe that'll help. Uh, no, I don't know that one. North Dakota State. North Dakota State is 10th all time. 10th all time. They came in with 15 national titles. And again, most of them happened. The, light, the last one was like back in the 30s. But the, the full list, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, Michigan. Seven is Yale. Eight is Nebraska. Nine is Texas. And 10 are the bison of North Dakota State. Wow. And just for the interest of people like me, Wisconsin did make the list. They come in at number 50. Yeah, top 50. Not bad. Wisconsin comes in at number 50. No national titles, but uh, I was happy to see they made the list. So a lot of the big old regular ones, but nobody in their right mind, in my opinion, without having read it first, would have picked Yale or North Dakota State on that list. I don't I don't believe that. Um baseball. This is where I want to go. Thursday night, the first of a four-game series in Yankee Stadium between the Cleveland Indians. I said Browns earlier. Cleveland Indians and New York Yankees. First of a four-game series, the hottest team in Major League Baseball right now has been the Cleveland Indians. They have caught and surpassed the Minnesota Twins in the American League Central and they're taking on the big boys, the Yankees. And I just want to make a note here before I get into this part of this little story, if you will. With their win, now, this was Thursday night that I'm going to talk about, but Friday night, last night, the Yankees beat the Indians, and with that win, the Yankees clinched their 27th consecutive winning season. And in this day and age of sports, and I know the Yankees have their own television network, and the Yankees have the basically the right to print their own money, and they go out and buy players, and when they rebuild, they get better, and yada, 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 yada. But to win, to have a winning record, above 500 record, 27 years in a row, that's pretty freaking amazing. And congratulations to Brian Cashman, Congratulations to the Steinbrenner family, but to finish above 500 27 years in a row, pretty freaking amazing. But Thursday night wasn't so good in the Bronx. The Bronx Bombers lost to the Indians 19 to 5, and manager Aaron Boone, after the game, voiced an opinion that maybe Major League Baseball should look into what he called, and air quotations, quote unquote, the mercy rule. 
If you're a softball player, you know what the mercy rule is. After seven innings, if one team is ahead by 10 runs, the game is over. Well, Boone is coming from the aspect or from the angle of if you are truly concerned about players' health and safety, since you are already playing 162 games and 180 games, 180 days, excuse me, when the game gets out of hand after seven innings and more than 10 runs separate the lead team from the follow team, that maybe the game should be over. I'd like to hear what you have to say about that because I have a couple of opinions as well after I hear what you got to say. Uh, I'm totally opposed to it for every reason possible. I don't think that it's fair to the fans who pay their hard-earned money. And I understand a lot of these ballparks, it's a hard-earned $10 than like in Miami. But it's still, <laughs> 10 bucks is 10 bucks, as they say. And I just I think that's unfair to the fans. And the thing I don't like is that when Aaron Boone says this, he's clearly saying it from the from the position of somebody and the perspective of somebody who's just been a little bit butthurt because they just got embarrassed. Correct. Oh no, the Yankees got embarrassed once ever. Right. So you know what? If you're going to make that kind of money, be that high profile, have that much success and all those types of advantages, go fuck yourself if you're going to have a problem, if you get embarrassed a bit because you got your asses kicked because the other team outplayed you. Give me a fucking break. That is bullshit. And I hope that they get their asses kicked a few more times because I think they could use a dose of humble pie a little more often in the Bronx. And I just have no, no, no sympathy whatsoever at all for Aaron Boone and the Yankees just because they got destroyed. They deserved it. They didn't work hard enough. And I hope it happens again. You know, I think that's one of the best comments you've made. And you've made a lot of great comments over the 379 produced episodes prior to this one. But I couldn't agree with you more. And most of the times I find myself agreeing with you. My only thing would be this. Not do the mercy rule, but let's cut the general, let's cut the regular season. And I've said this before oh, and I'll yeah. say it again. Me too. Cut it down to 154 games. Sure. And maybe add a few playoff games sure. or something like that for games that are meaningful and worthwhile to watch and ultimately to attend. But you don't do this bullshit that they, they do at pick up softball games and they do at at you know games that have i mean this is the yankees this is yankee stadium this is major league baseball this is a team that's won 27 world series championships they just completed their 27th successive winning season and the manager wants to <laughs> the manager wants the mercy rule so what that the Yankees had to use a position player as a pitcher for two innings for the first time in their illustrious history? I have a, I have a, a bit of a trivia question for you. Mm -hmm. The Yankees have not always been the New York Yankees. When they first came into the league, back in the early 1900s, what was their original team nickname? Oof. I, I think I've probably seen this in my life. I know but, you have. That's uh, why I asked Were you. they still the New York something? They were the New York something. Okay. Boy, and it wasn't... And it wasn't... Uh, so it wasn't Yankees, and it, it wasn't pinstripes nope. or something like that. No, no, no. No, no, no. It was something totally different. Yeah. The New the York... The oldest team in Major League Baseball, why you think about yeah. this, is the Cincinnati Reds. They were established in, I believe, about 1886, and they were originally the Cincinnati Red Legs. But when the Yankees came into play 
I want to say in about 1901 or two, something like that. The Yankees are not the oldest team in Major League Baseball, but they were not originally the New York Yankees. They were the New York... Okay, so the Cincinnati Reds were the Cincinnati Red Legs, mm-hmm. and then were the Boston Red Sox the Boston Red Stockings originally? No, they were the Boston were, Red wasn't Sox. Wasn't there some team that or was... I don't know. I thought there was a Stockings or something. Okay, but it was Red Legs, not Red Stockings. Right, it was the Cincinnati Red Legs. Okay. Correct. And then, and then, of course, the New York Mets were the New York Metropolitans. Were no, they the, were they, the New York Mets originally were just the Mets. The Mets came in the fold in 1962 because, remember, in 58, the city of New York lost both the Giants and the Dodgers to the West Coast. Oh, yeah, and you can't have a no New York teams. Or, sorry, uh, oh, no, but they would have had the Yankees back then. They had so. the Yankees, but... So they, they had three teams at the time. Well, at three, at, right, at the, at the heyday of baseball in my lifetime, well, not before when my life, but... In the 50s, at the, at, I think, again, the, the halcyon days of baseball, you had three teams in the greater New York area. You had the Yankees, you had the Brooklyn Dodgers, and the New York, New York Giants. And then in 58, wow. the, Walter O'Malley took the Dodgers to Los Angeles, and Howard Stone something took the Giants to Candlestick Park in San Francisco. And to repl- or to replace one of you know they they didn't replace both teams, but in '62 the Mets came on board and became the worst team in baseball history record-wise. In their first year, they won 40 games and lost 122 in '62. But um, I'm just gonna. I, I'm, I, yeah, you know, I don't really have a guess. What were the Yankees originally called? When the Yankees originally came in and became a, a professional baseball franchise, they were known as the New York Highlanders. Hmm, I've probably heard that before, but yeah, it would have been a long time ago. Yankees is a lot better. Yankees yeah. is a lot better than the Highlanders. Yeah. Um, I think it's just preposterous, though, that Aaron Boone, and I think exactly what you're thinking, not to blow smoke up your dress, but I think you're exactly right. He got post-mortem blues after getting his ass kicked by 14 runs and uh, just shut up and play better. Um, hockey is where I want to go. Not a lot going on in hockey right now. Um, here in, in Cowtown, they're waiting to see what happens with Daniel. It is, no, Matthew Kachuk, excuse me, that little pisshead that plays, uh, he's a restricted free agent. But I guess what I keep hearing is that they're waiting to see what Toronto's Mitch Marner does to kind of set the market for the restricted free agents, but we'll have to see what happens. But I just found this kind of preposterous. I just don't know what this guy has done. And when I told Chris about this, he contacted our Vancouver bureau chief, Sean Dode, and Sean has responded about this. But the Vancouver Canucks have extended general manager Jim Benning's contract beyond the 2019-2020 season. And outside of EP40, Elias, I can't say it the way I'm supposed to. I know Chris just told me. <laughs> Elias, but Pedersen. Elias Pedersen. Besides making him the fifth pick of the 2017 draft, which was brilliant. Congratulations there. I'm still trying to figure out what this Yahoo has done on Canada's left coast. And I'm very surprised. Well, maybe I'm not so surprised because... Uh, they kept Trevor Linden around a hell of a lot longer than I ever did think that they would with him because he did nothing as the president of hockey operations for the Canucks. But why would you bring this limp dick back and extend his contract beyond the 2019-2020 season? So again, 
I want to hear what Chris has to say because I know it's going to be colorful. And then ultimately our Vancouver Bureau Chief, Sean Dode, has an opinion as well. And I'm very interested to hear both of them. Sir. Jeez, I this is one's so hard for me. And I mean, it's great that it's happening to an Oilers division rival. <laughs> yeah, I true. mean, it's great, but it's so over the top that I, I can't even feel good about it. I mean, Sean, who I would have described as a diehard Canucks fan, is basically just hoping that they suck. Like, I mean, I mean, part of it's just so he they get rid of Benning. Sure. Uh, so they can, you know, potentially start healing and get better. But I mean, he is just totally demoralized. I mean, I went through what we call the decade of darkness yeah, with the Oilers, and we're still not necessarily completely past that. And I am way more optimistic than he is here. And at least we got Ken Holland, who's done a good, uh, good job so far and, and all that. And But I mean, this is crazy. So I just texted Sean. I said, Benning got extended with a bunch of question marks. And he said, this is what happens when a guy guides a team to a 27th, 29th, 25th, and 21st rank finishes. The bar is so low that 21st after five years is seen as progress worth investing in. I hope the Canucks finish 31st and then lose the lottery. So when you're diehard, like Sean, Sean knows more about the Canucks than I know about the Oilers. Really? Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. And he knows way more about the NHL overall. I mean, he really does. Very smart guy, uh, you know. Sean's a lawyer. Like he's smart. Well, we're going to have him on the program we, before yeah, yeah. before the season starts. Yeah, and we need a big September NHL preview. Right. As we as we as really get involved in uh, as we really kick off season three coming up soon of Unscripted. Yeah, we'll we'll have our big annual NFL preview shortly, and then we'll have uh, in September after that we'll have the uh, big NHL. Yeah, well, preview. I guess we'll have to have the uh, NFL preview within the next three weeks. Well, let's see. Yeah. So what what is today? The uh, today is the seventeenth. Okay, so two weeks from today is the thirty first uh and so then yeah so we'll have to be if we're doing it for recording on the weekend it would have to be on the 31st or the mm-hmm. or the first yeah that weekend there yeah it would have to be yeah and so we'll yeah we'll we'll say we'll do it in two weeks yeah. then sounds good yeah okay sounds good but yeah with benning i i can't like i mean i asked i said what good has he done besides drafting ep40 and he just put good question and i mean this is a guy that will write me an essay right any any canucks question Correct. he will write me a, an essay or two essays and like over the top detail and his answer here was good question he can't come up with anything other than drafting Pedersen fifth overall was a great pick but other than that i, I mean that was what he was supposed to be good at is is draft and develop but then uh, and he's not necessarily the greatest negotiator. Well, we know he's not. He signs guys to way too much term and money. But he also has just... He, Sean showed us a while back how he had actually given away more picks than he'd acquired. Right. Where you see something like the New York Rangers and their rebuild, they send out a letter. Sorry, guys, we need to rebuild for a bit. Sorry, fans. And then they acquired 12 picks in like um, in record time. And now they're ready to make a push again. All of a sudden, their rebuild's over. That's how you do a rebuild. Damn right. This horse shit is ridiculous. And they're just hanging out in in uh, in in a, in a you know frilly lily BC, and uh, they're just I don't know, and I can't believe he gets away with this. They've got a lazy, weird owner, and he just likes having Benning there, I guess, and it's just totally inexcusable. It's kind of sad though, because I think with the fan support that they get in Vancouver, and I think that's probably starting to. Their patience is starting to thin a little bit out on the left coast. Oh, the the hardcore fans are, are beyond I, right. Understood. Because you could tell last year, there were a lot more people showing up at Canucks games as empty seats than I've seen in years past. But this should be 
one of the marquee franchises in National Hockey League, I think. It's Canada's only team on the West Coast. It's got a beautiful building in a beautiful city. A lot of amenities there. Now, yes, they pay an unbelievable amount of tax, but regardless of that, they have to be more rep- they have to be better than the numbers you just rattled off about their final position in the standings for the last five years, which has been dog shit. And I think with the amenities that they have to offer and the facilities that they have to offer, I think that Vancouver needs to be better than they are. And I think I am surprised just from the outside that I am. I'm, I'm not even a, I'm not even as, I'm not even a quarter as talented as Sean Dode is in regard to Vancouver hockey, but I do know what a big market means to a country and to a league. And that big market is really hurting, in my opinion, the National Hockey League. Oh, I mean, the the only top three market in the in the country that hasn't won a cup. I mean, we're looking at 50 years, though, to cup. The only, only the Buffalo Sabres are in that company, and it's just inexcusable for sure. I mean, especially when they had those great teams. I mean, they made it to Game 7 of the Cup Final famously in 94 and lost to the Rangers. And uh, 2-11 against Boston. 2011, they made it to Game 7, lost to Boston. So... You know, it's not like they've never been close, but uh, they just haven't gotten the job done. And wow, I mean, that is just, uh, uh, I mean, to re-sign Benning, uh, I, it's so over the top. I'd love to really wallow in it because, I mean, when the when the Canucks were solid for so long and the Oilers would just lose to them every time, and then, you know, you see their Fairweather fans, you know, the 18-year-olds put on the jersey, get the jersey out of the closet when the playoffs, I mean... You know, I, I just got so sick of them at all, and the Sedins were so consistent for so long. I, I, but yet, I just I I have trouble even enjoying it because it's so over the top. It's just, it, it's not even, it's not even, it's like they're not even trying. So how do you? It's it's over the top. I think the league needs to be able to step in at some point when it's when it's this over the top. Like when it's when the old when the old uh, Miami Marlins manager or owner was uh, was just giving away everything. Oh, uh, uh, the, the, Jeff, the Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey well, Lurie. There's, there's, there's Jeffrey Lurie and there's Jeffrey Loria. Jeffrey Lurie is the owner of the Eagles. Jeffrey Loria used to own the Expos, now owns or used to own the Marlins. Yes, that, so that, yeah, Loria. He was the guy that got them the new stadium and then sold the team to Derek Jeter and his group. But, I mean, he was doing those trades, the league had to veto because he was ripping himself off, and it was just ludicrous. And, I mean, at some point league should have something to step in it's one of those things where i can understand why they never had a rule in place because you assume an owner isn't going to just completely torpedo his own team and make it a joke but maybe they have to step in here because this is so over the top benning should have been gone years ago the the only thing i can compare this to is jeff fisher in terms of like how did like going on like five years and still giving the guy extensions unbelievable unforgivable inexcusable Before we get out of here on this 380th episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, um, I want Chris to comment because this is really good news. I'm very happy about this. This is some positive news for the boxing game. Uh, We talked about this on a previous and a recent issue or uh, episode of Unscripted about the game of boxing. And we specifically talked about these two individuals. And there was some very good news that came out uh, late on Friday. Good news for boxing fans, the much-anticipated Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder rematch, easy for me to say, 
has been scheduled to take place on February 22nd, 2020 in Las Vegas. I'm excited about it. A big fight coming again to Las Vegas, and I think there's going to be a lot of people interested about this one coming up in early 2020. Yeah, so it is a done deal. Uh, Deontay Wilder uh, did confirm it, and Ty- or Tyson Fury confirmed it for sure, and I think Wilder may have as well. But it is happening, but it is contingent on each of them winning their next fights. Oh, okay. Okay, so Tyson Fury is scheduled to take on an unknown Swedish fighter named Otto Wallin for he some just reason. Won. Mm-hmm. What's that? He just won. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he just yeah. won. Officially, it takes place uh, in... Ve- <laughs> In uh, in Vegas on September 14th. And then Deontay Wilder is going to take on Luis Ortiz, who Tyson Fury just beat. Uh, and that fight is supposed to take place sometime in November, but there's no official date yet. And uh, yeah, so that's the easily the most interesting fight in boxing right now, as long as Mayweather's not there. Uh, and obviously, he's not even close to that weight class. He's about 100 pounds less than these guys. But uh, these two, in their first fight... It went to a draw. You have two undefeated monsters, and then it goes to a draw. I mean, the the guys who make the money off the pay-per-views have to be just over the moon at that result. It's an interesting result because uh, I, I think they probably should have given it to Deontay Wilder because Tyson Fury landed more punches, but Deontay Wilder knocked him down twice. Holy shit. So you knock down ty- six foot nine Tyson Fury twice. You knock him down once. You're a hero. You knock him down twice. I you think he deserved win to, the fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if he lands a few more punches, uh, I really think Wilder should have won that fight. I think, but uh, you know, also with the ten, when the ten point must scoring system, I mean, in fairness, I, I need to go back and really watch that fight closely and just take a look at it because I actually want to see what like I should score it ten nine each round and see if that happens. Uh, if I if I still think that, but overall, you get two knockdowns to zero. I mean. That's pretty impressive. Deontay Wilder is who I would pick in the rematch. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they're so evenly matched, and they're both undefeated for a reason, and they're maybe two of the scariest dudes who have ever been in boxing in history. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually... I, I rarely would just pay money to watch a heavyweight uh, boxing match because usually all the undercard matches suck, and the main event is boring with lots of... Anticlimactic. Yeah, and lots of clutching and hugging and everything. But uh, I would actually watch that fight. Still the best name for a boxer. Tyson, Tyson Fury. Fury. That is just like, the best like I mean, name. Joe Fury would be good enough, but I mean <laughs> Tyson Fury. Like like just like Mike. It's, it's Tyson Fury. Yeah, you can't beat it. <laughs> We've got to run on this 380th episode of Unscripted. Freeform Friday is next as we put a wrap on these this uh, very fun week of shows. I've really enjoyed this week. We've had a lot of good things to talk about. And the funny thing was, when I talked to Chris early this morning, I didn't have anything to talk about when I was sitting on my laptop. So we've made a nice comeback. But we thank everybody for joining us on this edition and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.